Hilltail Pickle episode 121. Chris and I are going to get into all sorts of topics around swing decisions and what matters most, putting the ball in play, the pitches that you take, the pitches you swing at. There's just a lot of discussion around that. Uh, Mike Trout's just not chasing anything. O'Neill Cruz got hurt. Some sad news, but this is a good episode. A lot of good nuggets in here. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle, episode 121. My name is Bobby Tewksbury. Joining me as always is Chris Colabello. We've got some good topics for you today, but before we get started, a reminder to send us your questions, topics, concerns. Email us at pickle at pelotero.com or find us on social media. Usually it's Pelotero app or I think TikTok is Pelotero Corp. So hit us up. We love hearing from you. We love we love questions. And uh, yeah. All right, let's get into the topics. First one, first topic is a tweet that I had, and I asked the question, what is the bigger cause of outs? Wording is important there. Pitches put in play or pitches not put into play? So results were 62, 62.7% of people said pitches put in play were the bigger cause of outs. 37.3% of people said the pitches not put into play were the bigger cause of outs. Curious what your thoughts are. Uh, my answer is firm and I answered the poll. I answered no. So, did you, I don't. I don't get to see who I answers know. it. But I you, what did you put and why? Not put in play. Balls not put in play are far more significant than the result of the attack. It's not, and it's not. I mean, it's not close. It's it's literally not close. The funny thing is, you ask like these leading questions on Twitter that. I know are meant to just not even ruffle feathers. They're meant to trip, trip people up. And then your shock factor when they answer poorly is like, Oh, like the other tweet you had, you're like, well, it's just, it's funny to me when people, people always see the question through their lens. And I, like I, and I asked the question through my lens, but one guy was all upset about how pitchers can only control three things. And I'm like, yeah, that's not my question. The question was about hitters, and the answer talking about pitchers. It's well, hilarious. So, Pe- the, people. you need to use it's Twitter as a forum to tell people things, not to ask them questions, because then it turns into a dumpster. That's when it turns into a dumpster fire. No, the the values in the dumpster fire, because then you get DMs. If you if you can rile people up, then the the right people will bubble up. It's great. I love it. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I love it. But so the the underlying metric or stat behind that is over 50% of swings don't put the ball in play at the major league level. Over 50% of swings don't put the ball in play. So if you do put the ball in play, we know batting average of ball play is like 300. With two strikes, it's lower. Um, obviously, there's no outcome when the ball is not put into play. But it's the the pitches you foul off, the pitches you should have swung at, uh, the pitches you chased that you shouldn't have chased. It's 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 really a question about process versus outcome. Have you? That's really the question. So somebody brought up Babbitt to me the other day, completely out of context, and it was the first time it was brought up to me in a way that was actually rational or relevant. And I think this will circle back to. I'm very curious because you've been on a pro Babbitt 
Like good hitters yeah, have higher that's Babbitt, a fact. basically. I mean, because they're better hitters. Um, so they brought it up to me in a, in a way that was interesting. And I never really thought about it like this. So the league's all worried about offense and offensive production and all this stuff. And they, they keep looking at, you know, runs scored and other war, weighted RC plus, stuff like that. But like, if you want to just know if the league's doing better at hitting, just look at Babbitt. And I didn't think of it that way. Right. So if you like league wide, I, and I've never looked at a league wide batting average on balls of play. And this goes back to the whole argument we had last year about the shift. Was league Babbitt, was league Babbitt <laughs> down? I don't, I don't know if league Babbitt was down. I, I don't, I don't, it I don't was. That was one of my arguments know. at the time. Yeah. I've never looked at league Babbitt, but I don't think league Babbitt is going to go up now. I don't, maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care. Well, the good thing is we can track it and find out. Um, I just pulled up Miguel Cabrera. Miguel Cabrera's career, Babbitt, 340. Weird. It's because he's, he's good. good at There's some guys <clears throat> Some guys have uh, inflated Babbitt because they're fast, but even that's not a huge factor. Let me check. I'm going to check Mike Trout. Mike Trout, career Babbitt, 347. You know who I miss this year? Frank Thomas. Albert. Albert's career Babbitt two eighty four. Yeah, because the last ten years of his career he didn't hit three hundred. Even when he even when he did have a lot uh even when he was producing at Albert Albert. You can't hit three thirty without his, having a Babbitt yeah. that's high. Well, home runs aren't <clears throat> home runs are not in play technically. I'm still pretty sure that's a false statement. I'm pretty sure batting average ball in play does not include home runs because technically they're not in play. I think we've been over this. They're over the fence. I don't want to get into the teeth of it right now. It doesn't matter, but I don't think that's true. Notice how I said thing. Google's going to give us an answer real quick. Hits minus home runs divided by at bats yes. minus home runs minus strikeouts plus sacrifice. It doesn't include home runs. Okay, you're right. So I said Thank think. You. I didn't say I know. I'm also <laughs> tired and cranky. Don't no, be cranky. I'm cranky. My computer broke. I'm cranky. I have to use old. Can you explain you this is like the fourth time you said that, but I still don't my understand what that means. You said your screen busted, broke. Let's so get my screen this. like. Like did it did no, it shatter? Just, did it stop no, working? Like it, Is it? I think the computer fell. I don't know what happened to it. I woke up and half the screen was all broken. Like it's shattered? not shattered. It's like broken internally. It's annoying. Yeah, you're rattled. Yeah, because I, I had to go back to an old computer. This thing's old and doesn't work. And sucks. Does the external monitor stop working with the new computer? No, I could use the external monitor, but it's. I don't like doing that because then I, I'm looking at the wrong thing. It's all going to work out. It's all going to So I need to get you to set up. Like I, I have a, I have a separate camera that I look into. That's not my computer camera. We'll, we'll get yeah, you or I could just go get my camera. monitor fixed. I, it's going to be not cheap. I'm aware. Anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, balls in play, 
versus swings without the ball in play. Outs are, like it's it's all about swinging good good pitches, putting those pitches in play. It's the the OO pitch because this is this goes like from a coaching standpoint. The kids come back to the dugout after making an out, being like, "Oh, the umpire screwed me on that call." It's like, well, you put you gave the umpire an opportunity to make that call because you didn't put the right play, the right pitch in play. You're overswinging. You're trying to do too much. You're you're missing the pitches you should be hitting. You're getting yourself in trouble. Yeah, that's why hitting's hard. These are all the reasons why hitting's hard. It's not. It's there's yeah. a there's an intertangled web of crap that happens every at bat, every game, every inning, and one thing always affects the next one in ways that we couldn't have predicted or foreseen or estimated in a lot of ways, right? And again. The the narrowest lens would say, oh, well, the emotion doesn't matter and the confidence doesn't matter. And it's such a crock of crap. Like, nobody can possibly understand what it's like to fall off a, a 1-1 heater down the pipe from a top 10 arm in the big leagues when you're already in a stressful situation, meaning you're a young player or you're pre-arb or you're like, like you think why do you think Anthony Volpe is hitting 160 right now is it because he stinks or is it because he's nervous which one is it certainly not because he stinks because in spring training everybody's like he's the best player ever right but now it's real it's on your bubblegum card you're a 21 year old kid looking up going yeah I'm in Yankee Stadium yeah I'm playing next to Aaron Judge yeah I'm, I'm on the cover of the New York Post and the New York Times every day and guess what? 0 for 20 don't look good on the cover of the post. Because no matter what, you're going to see it. Somebody's going to put it in your face. And people tell you confidence doesn't matter. Okay, dude. I would imagine the I would I would imagine the off field. You could you could speak on this, but the the difference between spring training and regular season, just dealing with daily stuff, like people asking for tickets. He's in his hometown too. People asking for stuff, doing appearances, just all the off the field stuff that you have to manage. How big a of a billion. factor is that in, all, in everything? Just in like routine, a billion. routine it's standpoint. all of it. In, Especially the first early time season. It. You're dealing with coming from the warm to the cold, which is huge. Number two, you're going from day games to night games all the time. Number three, you're getting pulled in every which direction. You got to find a new apartment. You got to do this. You got to do that. You, you weren't planning on making the team. So you weren't, you weren't planning you're living in New York City. Like you got to get the cadence of New York City down because you probably don't know it yet on how to get to the park. It's a different lifestyle. Your prep work for the game is different because in spring training you get a bunch of guys that are going to hit the cage at nine o'clock in the morning and a bunch of cages down there. But now at Yankee Stadium you got two. Everybody's got their routines that you have to work around. You get pulled to an autograph this to a thing that, and then all of a sudden on opening day you're over two and everybody's like, "Oh, great job, man! Congrats, you're in the big leagues." And you're like. That sucks. I didn't get my first hit. Still a base. Yeah. Good job. And then the next day you get your first one or you don't get your first one. Now, all of a sudden, if you just look up at one for 10, you go, Oh crap. Why can't I hit anymore? Because you're young and you're vulnerable and you're, you're not, you're not sure if you can yet. You think you can, but you're not sure because you haven't done it yet. Stuff will mess with you, man. The landmines get thrown from anywhere because three weeks ago, people were ready to give Volpe the American League Rookie of the Year award. Now, they might be ready to send him down. 
It's hitting a hitting a chilly one forty three. Yeah, and you moment. know how I know he's messed up. He hit a he hit a triple off the wall yesterday in Baltimore, like full fist pump, like full emotion at third base. Like I get it. It's, it's a knock. You needed it, but like whatever. It's just another one. You know, and he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be a good player. roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's talented. Um but they're gonna start calling for his head. They're gonna start calling for his head soon. You don't think he's squeezing a little tighter in the box? You don't think he's he's worrying about it going up to the, his first at bat? You don't think he's worried about getting his first knock of the night and his first two at bats or his first A B to get him going? Shit's real, man. Like it's real. It gets real fast. tough so let's let's dig into this a little bit more because the the part about controlling what you can control was the rebuttal to my to my original tweet and that the gentleman i'll give him some shine right now ryan bonicio hope i'm saying your name right so the pitcher only has control of three things k's walks homers everything else can't be controlled and is dependent upon many variables not up to the pitcher I replied, that's a pretty narrow lens. And he said, in regards to the outcome, it isn't at all. When a pitcher releases the ball, that's what they control. The rest is dependent on variables not associated with them. If you can name other outcomes, I'm all ears. And my, I, I understand the premise that like, yeah, once I throw the ball, that's all I can do. To, to think that that's like the only thing the pitcher's doing up there is pretty wild to me. You get guys like Scherzer who are – a lot of this aspect of the game is getting removed by the pitch clock because you kind of have to get up and go. You can't use pace. and You can't use tempo as a tool as much anymore. But there's things like intimidating guys, like backing guys off the plate, knowing – just knowing that a guy's going to come inside matters. I just – the demeanor, the, the way the act in the dugout is going to be a big influence on your team. Different starting pitchers have different feels when they're on the mound. Like, why does why does Degrom never get run support, or why didn't he get run support in New York? Was it just random, or was everybody playing tight when he was on the mound? There's at some point, it's not a coincidence that things are happening. Got a guy like Mark Burley on the mound. You played behind him. You know that game's gonna be quick. He's just gonna go. So your mindset in the field is completely different than if like Marco Estrada's pitching. He worked kind of quick too. But there's certain no, guys Marco, that you know Marco are going to be just slow. slow to... you, you start to get in the cadence of the pitcher. Off and like... You start to understand pitchers' cadences, yeah. what they do well, what they do poorly. And those things have an impact on the game. They have an impact on everything. They have an impact on everyone. The defense played better behind Burley because they knew it was going to go fast and they knew they were going to get on and off the field. And if we were going to give up 10 today, it's because they were going to hit their way there. You know, not because he was going to walk guys, not because he was going to get in trouble himself. He was going to throw it over and say, here, hit me. And guess what? In 2015, this guy threw, I think, two complete games or three maybe, which is wild to think a guy in the last year of his career would throw three complete games. Now nobody's going to throw a complete game ever. You're going to be two a year. Guy in the Marlins did it the other day. Uh, Alcantara? Alcantara. Sandy? Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's good. But the only way you're throwing a CG now is if you're under 110, right? Is anybody going to throw a 132-pitch complete game? No. No shot ever again. No. No chance. Yeah. So let's talk about from a hitter standpoint. So now we've established that pitchers should only be responsible for they throw the ball. That's the only thing they can control. I I also think there's a huge element of cat and mouse. I've defined that as ability to control somebody else's how they think. So as a hitter or as a pitcher, what are you doing to influence the thinking of the person? I dare somebody to tell me. I dare someone to tell me that my homer in game five of the ALCS and that my homer to beat the Twins in Minnesota weren't because I called time the pitch before or two pitches before that. I dare somebody to tell me those two things. And what do you think that that did? It's abundantly clear on their that? faces. You How can literally watch their reactions. I actually did a thread. I did the, the Instagram that Patrick asked me to do about that bat in game five. Now, bear in mind, anybody that's paid attention to my career, I've had pretty good success against Volquez, right? Faced them like four times, homered three of them. He's also struck me out quite a bit. He's a good pitcher. He's got good stuff. I homered against him the first time I faced him. Homered against him. Or the second time I faced him, he walked me three times. The third time I faced him, I homered. And then we're in the playoffs, right? And now he's throwing 98 in the playoffs, which is like completely out of character for him, right? He's more 92 to 94. Now his fastball looks different. I've, I've described this before. He's in a rhythm. He's flown, right? Gets through the first, gets the first batter of the second or second batter of the second. I come up to bat. Now, we know it's going to be a, a good battle, right? First pitch, slider. Freezes me. Buckles me. Jelly leg. Ah! Strike one. Next pitch. I call time as he's getting into his windup. He was livid. Livid. He threw the next pitch 143 miles an hour. It felt like 143. I've never swung and missed at a fastball that badly in my life. Now, granted, it was a location I didn't want to swing at, but it was a complete overthrow of a fastball, rode up and in on him. And now, in his mind, you could tell he wanted to strike me out because he wanted to embarrass me in the box. It was, it was no longer about getting me out. It was about embarrassing me because he felt like I disrespected him or the game, the umpire disrespected him. And now he wants to get a punch out, so instead of throwing the heater again, he went to the changeup. And I just happened to, to get him. But you could tell he was pitching with emotion. Same thing with Glenn Perkins in Minnesota. I called time before the first pitch, and his face told you everything you needed to know. His body language, his face, his reactions, not that Glenn Perkins had good body language ever. But if you go watch the at-bat, you can see that when I call time, it bothers him. I'll ask uh, one more question about controlling controlling what happens after contact. So if a hitter is struggling, if they're not doing well, having plays being made against them, you, you dealt with this when you were, it was uh, 2012, like right when you got signed by the Twins, you're like, oh, I keep making hard outs. I keep making hard outs. And my line to you is, well, Robinson Cano lines out all the time. And it was like good hitters make hard outs more consistently because they're hitting the ball hard more consistently. Hitting the ball hard is good, 
but also like don't feed into the defense. If the defense is playing you a certain way and you're just pounding the ball to where they're playing you, that doesn't work either. So any, uh, any advice with regard to a, a hitter feeling like, like how much should they care about what happens after the hardest contact? part about the season is the landmines that get thrown at you when you're not expecting them or the landmines that you walk into. Right. And I, I look back now and I, I look at how stupid I was so many different times and call it lack of maturity experience, whatever you want to call it. It's really, really hard. I guess this leads into the next thing, right? It's really hard to pay attention when you're inside the model, right? It's really hard to see the label. You say that all the time. And I realized so many times in my career how stupid I was. Now, it doesn't change the fact that those thoughts trump what was going on in my brain. Call me weak-minded. Call me not alpha enough, whatever you want to say. It's really difficult when you're in the moment to recognize it, right? Rich always used to say to us, you're never quite as good as you think you are. You're never quite as bad as you think you are. But when you're in it, you feel very constrained by it because it's like this groundhog day effect. You're just going back to the same environment every day. So it feels like you can't escape it. And the word can't, I I don't even like it being in my vocabulary, but there were multiple times in my career where I I, I sat there and I, I was like, this is overwhelming, right? And I guess it depends on how vested you are in your craft. But I wanted to control everything, and I knew I could control nothing. But then at times, you just get caught up in it. You just sit there and you go, why is this happening? Why is this happening? And you can't, can't even take a deep breath and slow down and say, I'm okay. It's going to be all right. Just keep going. If we lived in a vacuum, it'd be easy, but we don't. We live in a world full of emotion, thought, feelings. And I guess I was just juvenile about it, right? I was the kid that wanted, you know, wanted to put my hand in the cookie jar all the time. That's it. The, the, the thought process or the, the whole like dynamic between what you're swinging at and how you're swinging at it. Like we've talked about swing out a lot. I think if you as a hitter believe your swing is causing you to make outs, then that's real. If you, if you have successfully planted that seed into your head, then that is your reality and that's what you're dealing with. It's also yours to remove as a seed in your head. You have to be able to control yourself and control your emotions and, and be able to look at things objectively. So if, if as a coach, if a kid's coming to me being like, oh, my swing stinks, I, blah, blah, blah. It's always like, is your swing the real reason or are you not on time? Are you not seeing the ball well? Are you swinging at bad pitches? The, there's other things that you need to look at that are going to influence your swing where your mechanics may not – your the reason your swing is breaking down is probably not your mechanics. Your mechanics are breaking down because – you're not on time because you're not seeing the ball well, because you're swinging at bad pitches, because you're getting into bad counts. So you have to check all the other boxes first. And like, yeah, if you're, if you are 
on time, if you are swinging good pitches, if you are in good counts, if you're checking all the boxes that matter and you're still not getting hits, then like the next question is like, are you just not being accurate? Like, what is the reason, the real reason you're not making, you're making outs? And if it's, if you're getting, if you're hitting the ball hard and it's at people, then you just keep going. You just deal with it. You wear it. But it's, it's scary to me when kids, kids will plant that seed in their head and then they get hyper-focused on swing when those four or five other reasons aren't something that they're even looking at or considering, they just go to the cage and want to work on the swing. They don't want to go to the, they're not going to the cage to work on their timing though. Like that, like let's, I want to dig into this a little bit. It, they're not going to the cage to be like, oh, my timing's off. I need to work on my timing. And then what does that even look like? They're not in there like gathering earlier or they're not in there hitting the ball sideways on purpose just to overemphasize something. They get in there and just work on their swing and they work on their swing and they put the ball on the tee and they think a good result is their swing getting fixed. They hit the ball hard. Oh, I feel good. It's a whole slew of stuff, did- right? And that's what makes it difficult. It, the, the most obvious thing to work on personally is we, we talk about controlling controllables, right? So the most obvious thing to do is go control the things you can control, work on your swing. Cause you don't necessarily recognize that timing is the issue. Cause until you have a deep rooted understanding of timing, then you don't know how to fix it. Like you don't know that you're late. It's when you're too close to it, you don't, you don't recognize it. Cause if you, if you did, you'd have already changed it. Right. And that's, and that's where I think the biggest dilemma comes in. There's, when you swing a baseball bat, you feel this urgency to get your optimal swing off. Right. And when we're talking about milliseconds and thousands of a second, you know, it's, it's, it's incredibly difficult to even actually realize it when you're the one doing it. So I understand why people do it. Cause I, I got caught doing it at times in my career where I would go, what am I, why am I missing? Why am I following this ball off? And, but there's this, the frustration trumps the rational thought. So when the frustration wins, you're, you're just, you're lost, right? And then you don't recognize that there's this feeling of imbalance that happens when you try to be early with your body. If you try to control being early in your stretch and your, your load or whatever we're going to call it, there's a feeling of falling, right? There's a feeling of, I can't get my best swing off. And we're training so much to get the best swing off that, does that make sense? I, I don't know if I'm being clear when I say that. You you know what I'm talking about. Like when we do early yeah. gather and like try to go as slow as possible into land, you're, you're changing tempos. That's kind of why I was trying to get that across. Uh, Joey Cunha did that thread that he, that he highlighted the other day. I was like, yeah, everybody's got different times they need to get there for. That thread, I my response to that, it's funny. Um, in the history of the game, has there ever been a hitter that doesn't unweight their front foot? Do you think that? Do you think any hitter ever maintained waiting on no. the front foot, like as the ball is being released? It's a, kind of a weird no. question, but every hitter ever gets to the back line. They get their weight and pressure to the backside. They everybody does it, and when you do that. And if you, there, there's two things that can happen that, that will happen. 
you can go three eight actually, but when you take weight off your front foot, you can find balance by stacking over your right foot. So like anybody that's listening, you can just stand and balance on your front foot or your back foot. Sorry. I'm a righty hitter. So I could just stand here. I could stand up right now and just balance on my right foot. My head would go over my foot. My shoulders would probably slope a little bit. If I kept my right shoulder over my right foot, I would fall forward. Yeah, for fair? sure. Should I stand up and do it right now? <clears throat> if I don't, if I don't shift my weight over my backside, over my right leg, I will fall forward. So like everything in hitting mechanically is about leveraging that imbalance because at some point you need to, that front foot's going to get unweighted. And then the entire dynamic of the swing is capturing that unbalance, that imbalance. It's, it's, it's solving that issue within timing, which is what makes hitting hard. I had a conversation yesterday with, uh, we had people over for Easter and it was, uh, a guy that's pitched professionally for years. I don't even know how long, 10 years. And we were talking about pitching and golf and how he doesn't feel like fine motor control adjustments with golf, but he does with pitching because he's just done it so often. He's He can feel the nuance of release point because he's done it forever. But with golf, he just can't make those those small adjustments. And when you when we're talking about hitting and we're talking about that, like that front foot gets unweighted and then you don't want to just fall forward. So you have to time it all. Like even the Aaron Judge of the world, they get forward. They have a forward move. They unweight the front foot. They do not stay on the back leg the entire swing. Just doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. So like how do you capture that forward move? Yeah. How do you capture how do you capture the unweightedness of the front foot? How do you do it? That's so, hitting one oh one, Bobby. Hitting three oh Hitting That's hitting. That is that is hitting because it's a three hundred level. Court. Because inherently, because inherently, when you pick your front foot up off the ground, unless you get balanced over your backside, and even if you do get balanced over your backside, you do have to get to that point where you're moving forward again. That causes timing. That causes gravity to take hold of the body in a way that's pulling you to the ground. So you have to fight and control that timing. And there's only a certain amount of time that that's going to happen because gravity. That's hitting. Hitting is controlling that that window of time. I love when you get awesome about mechanical stuff, and because you're very, I have this tendency to spew <clears throat> words out of my mouth. I think you're very calculated about how you say things, and that's why you're you're good. But yeah, well, it's I've <clears throat> when you when you've been in the trenches and the the, the forums and the different places of the internet that talk about hitting you, it forces you to look at things and say things and find words and kind of the way that I've always looked at mechanics, it's leverage. It's you have to move the bat. The bat can't move on its own. So how is the body going to get positioned and how is the body going to move to control the bat and move the bat? So, yeah, I don't, I don't delve into this too often, but, here we are delving. Uh, let's talk about two guys that aren't swinging the bat right now. Mike Trout is just not chasing anything. I want to pull up his numbers because I, I didn't do that yet. <clears throat> but there was, uh, I think it was something to the effect of him having like the lowest chasing pitches out of the zone less often than Mike Trout. No other. He's, he's chasing the least out of the zone. So that's good. And then 
uh, Vargas, Miguel Vargas. Is that right? He was a guy that in spring training wasn't allowed to swing because he was injured and he just started getting walked all the time. And, uh, it's just funny that if a pitcher's throwing to a guy that knows can't swing the bat, they still can't throw three strikes. That's like the name of the game now. It's funny. It just cha- it changes the dynamic. If you know the guy's not going to swing, do you just get up there and just fill it up? Like if John Rahm was doing it, he'd just fill it up. And then some guys just, they get domed up and they're like, oh, I just, all I have to do is throw it here. And then they start guiding but it. But the shift in it. dynamic of the way the game is played now is we're trying to eliminate hard contact, right? We're trying to, so inherently we're trying to eliminate contact and because control is less refined than it used to be because when guys were five miles an hour off their top end right or seven miles an hour off their top end they commanded the ball much better so the game has fundamentally shifted this goes right into the the three two take the three two auto take right it's the same it's the same mindset shift that the game is more about not swinging than it is about swinging now because guys have better stuff, but just don't swing unless it's down the middle. And it's, it's really that simple. You used to say it to me all the time, just look down the middle all the time. Just swing a fastball down the middle. It's easy. Yeah. Um, Mike Trout's current O swing percentage, which is swinging out of the zone for his career. It's 23.1. It's fluctuated between 17.4 and Rookie season was 30, which is not great. Currently at 13.3% out of the zone swing rate. That's that's low. Uh, we have There's a hitter at Millersville right now who's at 5.5% out of the zone swing rate, which is amazing. Uh, out of the zone contact rate is 66.7 for Trout. So when he, when he does swing out of the zone two out of three times, he, he does make contact. <clears throat> I don't know if contact, does that include foul balls? Uh, strike zone makes contact with the ball swinging at I'll, I'll assume that includes foul balls uh 13.3% it's pretty low at the yeah. major league level lowest in the league a, lowest in all the one land, last night apparently. on 3-1 swinging a pitch that almost hit him shocking and guess what they just tried to go fastball up and kept missing well that's 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 what you have to do against him that's then on 3-2 the guy the guy threw a changeup and he threw it about 38 feet. He threw five straight fastballs. Fastball, ball, fastball, ball, fastball, strike, fastball, ball. Oh, no, sorry. It was 2-0 or 3-1 that he, he swung. That one that almost hit him. And then on 3-2, he was like, I'm going to mix it up and throw a 37-foot changeup. Walked him. It's good. Yep. Good to smart. Uh, Vargas just, yeah, he's just walking. He's, I guess he's just walking now. Hearing a lot, I, I saw people upset at the Dodgers saying, oh, no, I know what it stinks, what it's like to root for a team that stinks. And I looked up, they're six and five. It's like they're just, they're not 11 and two right now. So they're bad, apparently. I don't know. Big series for the Bo Sox coming base. up. They've- going down to undefeated Tampa. Tampa. So let's talk about that because we're we're done with topics for today. Let's talk about Tampa right now because they, I saw like their run difference right now is like plus sixty seven because they have no negative. They've not lost a game yet. They're they're for real. Their pitching is good. Their offense is good. Uh, what's his name? Who's the Wander? Finding some power. Team ERA. They're is good. Two eight nine. I think. 
Wander has four homers already in nine games. If we can get if we can get Wander hitting for pop, hitting hitting for uh, he's twenty two years old. The classic, like he's going to grow into his power. Um, he's really good. But they're player. just pitching the heck out of it, man. And they, but isn't that just yeah. what they're going to do? Pretty much. They're they're probably going to lose like four games in a row now. Well, we just talked about them. Be a good test for Boston. Probably not. Boston. How about Boston got swept by the Pirates and swept the Tigers? Talk about Jekyll and Hyde. And the Tigers are coming off taking two out of three from Houston. Interesting. <clears throat> there, yeah, it's so early in the season. There's, there's no reason to put any yeah. stock in. Got to get about sixty yeah. games in before you start writing anybody in or writing anybody out. Tough to come, t- tough to not make the playoffs after yeah. nine and zero start though. I'll put it that way. Uh, I did see I did see an early sizzle reel for Javier Baez chasing pitches, and he's just in peak form, like he's wildest swinger. I don't know how he's batting. He's he's been batting third in the lineup, hitting like oh sixty seven, chasing everything. I know we have a friend of the program in the dugout now, but it's tough to run that guy out there in the three hole every day. Super talented guy. Just he swings at everything. Yeah, that'll happen. Pretty established that that's what he does. That'll happen. Is a guy like a guy like him ever going to nope. change? Doesn't have to now. At what point? At what? He doesn't have to, Bobby. How much is he getting paid? What do you get? What do you get? I didn't enough. Yeah, I mean, does it matter? It. You've established to him that the way he goes about it is fine, and now you've paid him. And you've put him in a situation where clearly winning is not a priority, right? So now he's yeah, he got six six and one forty. Yeah, I mean, Miguel Miguel's on his way out. I didn't realize he was on that big. Miggy's on his way out, so there's really no leadership in the clubhouse. There's nobody to reel him in and say, "Hey, man, you got to do better." You're the guy that everybody looks at now. So what are you going to do? I tell you what, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green aren't leading that clubhouse. They just had Austin Meadows just went on the DL on the DL with uh, anxiety. Anxiety. So, I wish I'd known that. I would have done it. Yep. Uh, could have done it. No. Yeah. Uh, Status news of the weekend: O'Neill Cruz ankle. He's got he he. We we have joked around the past that he's got a hamstring, got an ankle, got a whatever because he's hurt. He doesn't have an ankle. He broke. He broke his ankle. He got on the slide. One of the third, most electric players. I hope. Sliding to home. It was sliding to home. <clears throat> it was awkward. It looked like he was trying to get in the lane to block it, but the throw was coming from like second base. I don't know. It was a weird play. Now, where was the throw coming from? Was it coming from third? Either way, strange play. He slid in. Ankle got hung up. The uh, the catcher yelled at him when he's on the ground, and there was a. The dugouts cleared, whatever. Uh, but one of the most talented guys from a pure just tool standpoint. I hope I hope he's able to come back and and be what he is because that guy was. I mean, I think he had the highest sprint speed. He's a shortstop, needs to be able to move. So we'll see, we'll see. Big guy, big rangy guy. 
might cause a move to third base long term. We will see, but just sad because he's the type of guy that can do special things on the field and don't want to see him get hurt. Brian Reynolds is our best player, though. Sad. Joe Rick. He's doing. Uh, he's doing the. Uh, who's the guy in the Mets that just decided? Daniel Murphy just decided yeah. at Almers. So Reynolds. Reynolds just is like, oh, I just need to hit the ball in the air. His bat to ball skills are electric, so I'm going to hit homers now. And I was just doing that, which is good because he's a good player. Who was he on last year at the end of the year? Was it? No, Mariners? you're thinking of Adam Frazier. Different guy. Brian Reynolds has been a pirate his entire career. Yes. The whole time? Am I yes. thinking of Adam Frazier? He was with the Mariners, now with the Orioles. See, I pitch. Yep. Well, they all blend together. All right. So, O'Neill Cruz, feel better soon. I want to see him on the field doing electric stuff. I like baseball. Take us out, Chris. watch Brian Reynolds hit. On that note, Pickle out!